Fuck yes. We're fucking back, baby. This is what it looks like. This is what happens when we do it every fucking day. We know what we're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello, my name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink Podcast. It's episode number 21. Today is Wednesday. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I've been trying to do this since fucking eight o'clock this morning and just it's been job after job after job after job getting in the way. So here I am. I'm fucking doing it. And I, I would, you know, I'm trying to get everything right and, you know, get the incense and shit burning before I do it. But fuck it, man, we're here, we're doing it. And if I start any later, I'm not going to get an opportunity to do the things that I need to do, which do have a time restraint this afternoon. But I can say I'm coming in super busy. I'm finally at a point where Black Ink can finally just fucking be Black Ink. It's not moving house. It's not doing some bullshit for someone else. It's not trying to catch up or rah, rah. It's just doing Black Ink, you know? So every kind of question that I answer now is directly benefiting or affecting black ink in one way or another. Now, I do want to say that I'm proudly sponsored today by absolutely fucking no one. Do you understand? No one. I'm doing this shit off my own back. But if you did want to sponsor me, that's a totally different thing. Now, I want to make a point about this because there's two things that I want to focus on. Let me get these out so I can focus on what I'm saying. And you know what? I'm, I'm burning some Attracts Money incense sticks. And you know what's interesting about attracting money with an incense stick? Is I believe that it helps. And as long as I believe it and I have faith, backed off of what I talked about yesterday on my podcast, this shit will actually work. You know what I mean? So the two things that I would like to really kind of hone in on today. The first thing is, right, I don't have any sponsors. Ah, oh, shit. This is going to be fucking too big for this. Hmm. Hmm. That's all right. Out of... One, one second. Stay there for me. But I don't have any sponsors. And the second thing is, I'm not talking about the shit that's going on in the news. Do you know why? Because if you want to know what's going on in the news, you can look everywhere. You know? You can go to a cafe and hear cunts talking about it next to you. The thing is... The news is really only good because it's reactive. They're going to talk about things that get you to have an opinion about something, whatever that may be. Now, I don't want to get into the whole structure of what the media network is and how people control you through your mind, through the news, keeping you scared and all the rest. What I do want to talk about is people don't actually fucking care, you know? And it's not that they don't care as such as that they don't care that things are going on, they don't care how it can affect their lives. People don't watch the news because they care about what's going on. They watch the news because they want that feeling that they got from the last time they watched the news. They want to feel like they're connected to the rest of the world because they know what's going on. They, they want their opinion to be justified or validated through some form of like conversation that you're not having with the television or you're not having with your phone screen. And this is the thing, like you don't even need to watch the fucking free-to-air news anymore if you're keeping up with news. You can actually not even Google it and still know what's going on because it's just trending, you know what I mean? And as long as you have a screen in front of you, there is someone who is paid to get that information to your screen, you know what I mean? So for me to talk about the news is like, dude, who the fuck am I to have an opinion about anything? So why would I talk about current events, you know? I found like one of my, sorry, one of my um, more regular listeners actually gave me these two points. The first one was that I talk too quickly. So I'm sorry if that is the case. I'm just trying to keep you fucking on the hook. You know what I mean? You don't let a fish swim away from you too far. You keep them, keep that line tight, you know? And I think, uh, and the second thing is it's like, 
it's a break. You know what I mean? You don't hear the bloody C word. You don't hear anything to do with fucking this or that or the other that we all know what's going on, you know, because we all, you know, she brought it up with me so I knew what it was straight away. By the way, she is my mum, obviously. But, you know, it's it's such an interesting thing that like I hadn't even registered that I don't talk about what's going on. But at the same time, like, of course I don't talk about what's going on because I don't have those conversations in real life. Do you know what I talk about? I talk about black ink because black ink concerns me. And also, like, I take this shit so seriously that I don't have the bandwidth to take on anything else. And, like, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but before I go into that conversation or as that conversation is happening, I'm reasoning with myself whether the the risk to reward, if there's ever actually any reward coming out of it, if you prove a point or don't prove a point or have an opinion and someone does or doesn't agree with it, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day... However, I feel about getting a needle in the arm or whether something's real or not isn't going to affect my life, really. It doesn't affect my life until, you know, someone who's a protagonist to to this whole situation says, well, it doesn't affect you until it's in your own backyard. You know, like, get get involved with politics, otherwise I'll get involved with you. Yes, but 2021 is a very different space. And unfortunately, these metaphors that we used to use in these, like, one-liners that were very relevant in a time where we didn't have massive information share and technology... They, they were correct whereas nowadays it's like this might be one of those things that if we ignore it long enough it'll go away it's only because we're paying so much attention to it that it's still here and already I'm fucking talking about it I like to believe that right now I'm talking more about the kind of natural um, communicative state of humanity rather than what's actually going on, going on in the news but a brilliant example is you know that big topic that starts with C that YouTube will automatically put me in a different list if I say the word but you know that that big topic that's been happening for a couple of years now? I kind of feel like that's only happening because we're talking about it. You know what I mean? Like that's only still around because we're talking about it because no one's dying from it. You know what I mean? And the people who were dying, who are dying from it, they were pretty much going to die anyway. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, unpopular opinion. I'll go fuck myself. But it's just like, man, I'm sorry. Why the fuck is this so thick? I'm not doing this to fuck with. I've been doing this for six minutes and it's still not in the fucking dude. I'll get there though. If I had my knife on me, it'd be all good. But um, yeah, and like the the other thing is like I'll get back to the whole sponsorship thing as well because that's 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 a cool topic for me. Um, the the talking too fast thing. So if you listen to my podcast yesterday, I read out that creative writing that I did bloody last year sometime, and um, I went through it really quickly. And the reason why I went through it so quickly is because I was so fucking um. Like you got to understand, like I was, I was at the business end of a podcast then. Like I, I think I was like 25, at least 25 minutes in. So if I bail at that point and it's no good, I have to bin all of that shit. And of course, when you talk about something once and you go and say it again, like if I record 25 minutes worth of shit and then I say something and fuck up and I want to start from the start because I don't like doing the cut. I don't like cutting bits of the podcast out. I just want it to be simple. Record 45 minutes, put it on the internet, done, you know? So... If I record 25 minutes worth of ideas, you kind of remember what you've said. But unfortunately, when you go to repeat it, it's the hardest thing under the sun. Unless it's something that you're really passionate about and you know, it's like, bro, have I already said this? Have I not explained this part of the story? Am I going too deep into this element? Whatever it is. Like the first podcast, I accidentally, it didn't, didn't record after like nine minutes in or whatever happened. And I had to record that from scratch. It's the story of Black Ink. I know the story inside out. So repeating that was easy. But fuck, what was I talking about yesterday? Um, yeah, so you know what I mean? Like that, like that. Imagine if you had to re- repeat that, like stupid. 
But second thing. Oh, hell yeah. Second thing, <clears throat> the whole sponsorship thing. And I think I've kind of talked about this in a bit of a different light anyway. But uh, the sponsorship thing's like a... I should have got myself a bit set up before I started. <clears throat> um, I think uh, to be to be fair with you as the listener, if you're someone who's really kind of um, engaged with the story that I'm telling, that you know whether it's following Black Ink or whether it's keeping up with the trials and tribulations of being Jake Kerr as a human, um, there's some sort of like uh, transparency I would like to offer in that what I'm doing right now is building a list. You know, in its finest form. I'm building a list of listeners that I can one day monetize. And I hope that doesn't offend you because that's what everyone in business is doing for themselves is essentially building a customer base that they can then sell to in one way or another. And I guess to add even more transparency so you can understand, I'm not trying to build you as a listener so one day I can sell you a black ink shirt. I'm trying to build a listener base so that one day I can have companies approach me and say, hey, can we pay you X amount to talk about our product for 30 seconds at the start and at the end of your podcast so that your listeners are hearing our voice but through a voice that they trust, right? So in that, right now I don't have any support and it's kind of a badge of honor that I can wear. The situation I'm gonna tell you about is more of an analogy more than it is actually relevant to my situation but I'll own it anyway. So let's say like right now I kind of do appreciate the fact that I have no support, right? But if support came along and said, hey, We'll give you $1,000 to mention our name six times over the next three podcasts. Hey, where do I sign? Can you do it in cash? You know what I mean? Dude, that's the fucking goal. And I've got this really good friend who, who he's asked me a few times. He goes, tell me if, you know, Black Ink grew to a certain size and then let's say, you know, one of the big conglomerates that buys these brands and then puts them in Kmart, puts them in Big W and all the rest. Would you sell to that brand? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would sell to the brand. Not because I not because I don't have enough respect for, for what I've built, but it's like the whole point of this is to build a lifestyle that I can enjoy what I'm doing and make money around it. And if it gets to a point that it's worth $10 million or it's worth $2 million or it's worth whatever, I mean, if the math works out that they're giving you more money than you see potential in growth for your business over the next whatever time period it is, then fucking sell it. I mean, you've made it once. And the thing that I'm realizing through doing what I'm doing is like, this business isn't, this isn't like a business that produces, I mean, I'm going to make up a faux business for the sake of my example. But let's say, let's say you own a business that produces sinkers, right? You build, you create, however, however it is, you make sinkers for people to go fishing with. And inside your factory, there's the accounts and there's the marketing and there's the production and there's... The, the, the management and all the rest of this sinker business, right? But then if you stop selling sinkers, all of those things then fall apart within the business because they were all relying on the foundation of the fact that we sell sinkers in this business. Now, the business that I'm making, the business that I'm in the middle of like turning something into, because I don't believe I have a business at the moment. I have a heap of cool ideas that are kind of string together with, they're string, strung together by me. Essentially, if I remove myself from this business, it falls apart. And all it essentially it is is like a few social media platforms. It's a bit of consistency in some, in some products and services that I offer. But other than that, it's just a whole bunch of ideas. But the cool thing about Black Ink is at the moment, like I just done my 20th podcast. I'm recording my 21st right now. 
That's one part of the business has nothing to do with the social media, has nothing to do with producing t-shirts and marketing all the rest. It has nothing to do with the group rides that I run. It's its own thing. So there may be a point in the future where even like, I mean, the Black Ink podcast, because I am the host of it and because I don't share it with anyone else, this is something that I could probably get to a certain point, rename it, and it would be as popular or on its way to being as popular just because I'm the face of it. So then I look at like what Black Ink is and I go, okay, if someone wanted to buy the business that was Black Ink, a clothing business, well, if I can't sell that and still have something that registers back to me and not be profitable from whatever I haven't made at the start of my business, then what was the point of doing any of it? Why would I start a sinker business that could go under if people stop needing sinkers all of a sudden? And you go, oh, well, people are always going to go fishing. They're always going to need sinkers. Well, you're a bad businessman because you're not fucking making plans for any sort of future that may come up, you know? And that's the whole point of like, okay, let's record a podcast for 45 minutes a day. Let's establish these group rides so people can come along and I can build a community and build another list of people that can be monetized in one way or another. And the, the problem is with saying it like that is it sounds really like, like creepy and dirty almost. The thing is, at at the base of everything, you have to genuinely enjoy what's going on. Otherwise, the the, the, the transparency of being human will kind of... The, the product of that is being kind of sleazy in what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like when people come along to my ride, I want to know about them. I want to know about their bike. I want to know about what they're doing later on that day. Like you're part of my community. I want to know what the fuck is up. And if you're listening to Derek's pod, to, to, to the podcast I released yesterday, I was talking about my friend Derek with FTW. That guy knows me super well for someone who doesn't know me at all because he is interested in cycling and I'm interested in cycling. I came to his community and he's like, hey, you're in my community. You're interested in cycling. What the fuck else do I need to know about you to know that, you know, to know that we're friends, you know? So as far as I'm concerned, it's... Yes, I am building something where I can hopefully one day turn it into some sort of income for myself. Also, like we're talking about the group rides and getting people together to ride their motorbikes every two weeks while there's good weather. But also, like, I really want to meet more young people who have motorbikes in their sheds that don't ride them because there's no fucking good reason to, you know? I want to give them a good reason. I want to be the person that, that that kind of instigates them getting out on their motorbike and having fun and meeting other people their age who have the same interests and, and want to get out there and do these things, but don't because no one is instigating it for them. I want to be that person, you know, the, the, the byproduct of making something that you are passionate about is the fact that you can monetize it. If you try and make the thing to monetize off it, that's the thing that you're going to hate in the long run. And it's going to be the thing that you look forward to selling, you know? And I would like to think that if I got to a point where if a company said, here's $5 million for your business, that I would have more of an emotional decision to make than a logical one because I wouldn't want to see that part of me go away. You know, you know, maybe compared to a situation where I just go, right, the goal is to make 100,000 t-shirts because I know if I make 100,000 t-shirts, I'm making this much money. If I'm making this much money, it means I can get this thing, you know, whether it be a house or a car, it's like, motherfucker, I, I am so fucking happy if I get to wake up and do black ink and that is my day and somehow I can make enough money in that day to live that day. That's where I'm at right now. I love that, you know? Like that to me is almost like that is unsellable because then if I have that money but I don't have black, have black ink, then what do I do with my time? Oh, yeah, you go spend your money. Cool, man. Cool, man. Do you know what the thing is about people who haven't had money? They don't know what, what it's like to have money. 
It's like Gary Vee says, you don't want a business that makes a million dollars overnight. You want a business that grows to a point of making a million dollars. So by the time you are a millionaire, you know how to manage that money. You know, this is the thing, like you find out like the reality of most people who are millionaires, they don't actually spend that lavishly because they know to get to that point. You have, most of the time to go through the normal routes, you actually have to appreciate and understand how to very best spend your money in a way that everything, everything is an asset rather than a liability, you know? And most of the time, I mean, the reality of your middle class fucking, your middle class uh, spender or consumer is that they live in a world of buying liabilities and thinking that they're assets. You know, a lot of people my age uh, don't have a single asset to their name. You know what I mean? Even, I mean, even down to thinking that having savings in the bank is a hell good thing. I mean, especially if you've got debt, there's no need to have savings. You're better off just getting rid of your debt first. And if you have no debt and savings and no assets, nothing invested, what the fuck is the point of having savings? You've got some form of security. You're living in a first world where you don't really need security. Bruh, hey, I'm not saying you're doing the wrong thing. You can just do it heaps better. You know what I mean? But also not a financial advisor. This is not, nothing I say you should take seriously. It's all for entertainment and bloody uh, inspirational purposes. You understand? None of this is for legal reasons accurate. But yeah. And even within like... Fuck, we got a pod machine moving into this house. I fucking love pod coffee. And now I've found one that I really like and it's the cheap shit, bro. Talk about win, win, win. When I'm a millionaire, I'll still drink the same coffee. You know what I mean? If I can keep this current, actually, I don't want to keep this car. If I was a millionaire, I know the, I know the car I'd drive. It's like a 2017 Porsche Panamera in like the dark green with the standard wheels, everything. I think they're a very nice car. We got off track. I think um, one thing to realize as well, um, and like I even find, so I've mentioned in past podcasts, one of my um, idols, like probably the wrong word for it, but only for lack of a better word, one of my idols is uh, Troy from um, ECM and like super cool guy. And it's interesting, like you never see him wearing anything but his own brand. And like he drives like a fucking Rolls Royce and he's got all access to all these beautiful cars and bikes and his house is beautiful and everything he does is beautiful and all the rest. And it's interesting to watch him just like fishing off his jetty out the back and fucking around on his jet ski and all the rest because I feel like he is someone who like I don't know much about his economical and financial background, but I feel like he's someone who's made himself a lot of money and hasn't really changed too much in the process. You know what I mean? The image has got a bit sharper, but he hasn't really become the different person through it. And I think that happens when you have a progression through kind of find, like finding wealth. You know what I mean? Like as you grow through it, you grow into the person rather than being someone who's like, I got a million bucks, now I'm a millionaire. You know, I, I buy whatever I want. I always shout rounds, I do this, I do that. Bitch, the rich stay rich by keeping the change in their pocket, not by giving it away, you know? But again, speaking from um, from what I can see and what I guess from what I see, so probably not the most accurate bloody uh, source of information. But I think the cool thing is, and I maybe I maybe have spoken about this in a different light, is like from now to when I get offered money to advertise on this podcast, if it goes down that road, um, I think the thing is like people are like I'm allowed to do that. 
you know? And even if right now, this is kind of what I was saying before, if I said, if I made a, a promise here, like I'm always going to go sponsor free, you'll be able to listen to my podcast from start to finish without there being any sponsors, so on and so forth. And then a year later, I've got four sponsors on the podcast. Yeah, you're allowed to change. You know what I mean? And you're also allowed to be passionate about what you're passionate about, maybe knowing that you're going to change. And if you're someone who's watching this, it's around my age. Actually, I would say probably anywhere under 25. I, I mean, it's almost like a natural thing or it was for me, but I would encourage you to be as passionate about the things that you're passionate about as possible. Because the crazy thing is, you're definitely going to change. The thing is like, if you hold on to the same shit that you believe when you're 18, by the time you're 30, it means you're a fucking idiot. Like, honestly, it does. You kind of need the things that you believed in so much when you were a kid to be pulled out from underneath you and shown you that they're the wrong things, even if you end up going back to them later on, just so you can be fucking human. You know what I mean? Just so you know what it's like to have that taken away from you instead of having this blue blood theory that you know something through and through because that's what you got told when you were young and now you believe it regardless of what. It's immature. You know what I mean? It's almost like it's negligence. That's what it is. So I feel... Like allowing yourself to be passionate about about something, allowing yourself to be wrong about it when you have a difference of opinion or a difference of idea of how you should really feel about it. And then furthermore, having like that humility of yourself to be able to go like, look how fucking keen I was back in the day. You know what I mean? I would love nothing more than to watch this in a year's time and be like, yeah, right. So you're not going to have sponsors. You're going to say no to money. You know what I mean, bitch? I know you can't afford to buy coffee from McDonald's at the moment. You're, what are you holding on to? You know what I mean? Why would you defend that? And of course, I can afford coffee from McDonald's. You know, five five bucks. Of course, I can afford that. That was just a joke. <laughs> but yeah, people are allowed to change. That's the That's the fun part, you know? So I feel like... Maybe, you know, this is the thing. I feel like there's some actors and whatnot who maybe said some racist shit like 30 years ago on camera and now they have it used against them. It's like, yeah, man, I was 30 years younger than what I am right now. Of course, I probably said heaps wilder shit that wasn't caught on camera. You know what I mean? And I probably didn't even think twice about it while I was talking about it on camera then because that was the fucking climate of the time, you know? And with that said... I mean, even saying that, that makes me think, do you know what the difference is between now and then is everything is on video now. So everyone's so worried about what they say and do because they know, like I I grew up in high school thinking don't fuck up at school because someone will get a photo of you. Now kids go to school in primary school thinking don't fuck up because someone will get a video of it and it'll be posted on social media and your immediate circle of friends will know straight away. Now, that is something that 30 years ago an actor didn't have to worry about. They only worried about it when they were getting recorded for a movie and even then they had some sort of creative control about, and probably not creative control, but they had some sort of umbrella that would protect them from having damaging video released. You know, Go back 100 years and this whole concept doesn't even exist. So people could say wild shit, have no accountability and keep marching forward with a stupid, negligent, perhaps racist or sexist or whatever it is, thoughts and let that be an element of their character rather rather than something they have to remain diligent over when they're communicating. And I mean, that alone says that the actual skill and ability of someone who has, has that knowledge that people change and people learn, people grow, people have different opinions the older they get and act differently based off those opinions. And therefore, to be judged, to, to be judged or judge someone on something or some something they did or said in the past 
is actually negligent of you. It's immature of you. So to try and pull them under the bus while you're there with your stupidity and ignorance, you're going, yeah, but they said this. That's you saying like, yeah, but I don't know. People can learn. Like, dude, chill. You know what I mean? And even if this motherfucker is in front of you saying something negligent and something shitty and something you don't agree with, it's your job as a human to realize that they're human and they're probably going to get better over their time. And rather than hit them with like, I'm offended and go fuck yourself and I'm going to deal with this to make sure you get the most amount of prosecution possible, whether it's you knowing in this moment through my response that I'm upset with you or whether it's me getting you fired from your job or me reporting you to the police or however far you can take it, depending on how much of a cunt you want to be. You just turn it back around on yourself and understand maybe this place is uninformed. Maybe this person is uninformed. Maybe they're not in a good place themselves and they even know this is a wrong thing and they're fucking up in the moment. Or maybe you look at it as like, this is someone who has been tortured by a reality that is not the case that they have lived with their whole life up until now. You know? Maybe you're looking at a 17-year-old dude who has all the ego, testosterone, and everything to prove to the world in that moment, and he comes from a household where whatever he said or just did is perfectly acceptable. You can take it on as your job, even though it just happened to you, this wrongdoing, that you can be the one who educates them. Now think, there's a hundred ways to go about that that's incorrect, that results in you having some, or both of you getting the result that you don't want. There may be only one way that you somehow get a message across to them, even if they don't appreciate it right now. It might not be until five years time when they do change, but they realize what you said was the the catalyst of that thought starting and then they get to that point. There is maybe just one way of doing it. It's your job to figure out what that way is. That's your job as a human. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with humanity. It's got to do with the bigger picture. It's got to do with, let me give you an analogy that someone gave me. If you see up on a hill, two people, and they're just far enough away that you can't hear what they're saying, but when they raise their voice, you can hear what they're yelling, right? And one of these people is really smart, and one of these people is really dumb. They're an idiot, right? But you're looking at them, and because of like the the light, you can only see really the silhouettes of these two people, and you can only hear them, right? Now, when they're discussing backwards and forwards, they're having a conversation, they're getting somewhere, you see two people talking, you don't think anything of it. But then when you see two people yelling at each other and they're pointing at each other, they're this far away from each other's head, what do you see? You don't see a smart man and an idiot conversing. You see two idiots yelling at the top of a mountain. Having that third party point of view, that third party perspective, imagine, you know, the the analogy that I gave you before was that you're a smart person and perhaps someone is negligent, uninformed or uneducated about something and they're giving you an experience that you don't appreciate because it's sexist or it's racist or whatever it might be. Instead of being a smart man who yells at them for why they're wrong, you're allowed to be a smart man who has a conversation that may not even be about that. It may be something else totally different. Maybe you're just going to meet them with love and kindness and happiness and give them that experience as the lesson itself. Allow yourself from a third party point of view to see what's going on. And instead of having anyone being right in that moment, stroking their ego, you just see two people having an interaction where someone might learn something. And dude, I'm not saying this like I can fucking do it either. It's the hardest shit in the world. Most of the time, I'm the fucking hyped up 17 year old with all the ego and testosterone proving nothing to the world. I can admit that that's all good. But sometimes, sometimes you get that split second of clarity where you're like, I don't want to dig a grave for both of us. I don't even want to dig a grave for them. I just want people to be happy. 
I just want people to be able to march forward and whether they learn something or not, at least fucking march forward. You know what I mean? Not just shuffle sideways in the sand. People are allowed to change. People are allowed to get better. I just gave them permission to get better by showing them, hey, you think I'm this, that or the other? That's cool, man. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, you watch your footy? Well, I don't care about footy, but who do you go for? You know what I mean? Dude, this is so funny. The other night when I'm out, I was talking to um, one of the barmen and he's telling me, he's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to wear the jersey tomorrow. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. He's like, I'm going to watch the derby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, saying whatever. I'm like, what derby? And he's like, the footy derby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Who's playing? And he goes, West Coast and Fremantle. That's why it's called a derby. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. So that's fucking cool, man. He's like, yeah. So where are you watching that? At someone's place or that? He's like, no, I'm going to Optus Stadium to watch the footy game that is West Coast and Fremantle. And that is the derby. And I was like, cool, man. That's awesome. I didn't give a fuck about football, obviously. You know what I mean? Dude, we booked a fucking housewarming on apparently the night of the fucking, of the of the grand final. And because of the lockdowns in Chinna Victoria, apparently now the, the game has to be played in WA. So, you know, all of my fucking inbred mates that reckon that they watch the footy are now going to be obviously occupied for the day because it's definitely going to be their team playing in the grand final and there's no way they're going to be able to make it to our place after the fucking footy game which is like four hours after it ends all good guys all good we only move into this house once there's a footy game every fucking 10 minutes what do i know and before you get all bloody menstrual saying anything about like how good footy is like try and watch a speed skating race, right? Try and watch a speed skating race or a marathon or even like the Tour de France. Dude, if you don't want to watch that, that's the emotion that I have towards football. I just don't give a fuck about the game. You know what I mean? And hey, people are allowed to change. If you see me at a footy game in a year's time with my face painted up as if I'm going to war, then bruh, you can like literally throw alcohol at me and call me a bloody, uh, what would you call that? That's like an idea Indian gabber, I guess. But and man, I mean, I kind of get it in a way. Watch this. Now I'm going to spend fucking 15 minutes backpedaling on this idea. But I understand it in a way because the thing about being a human is we have this inbuilt system that makes us want to have an us and them mentality. Super interesting when you when you think about that because it's always like if you look at anything where there's any sort of conflict, there's always like there's always a, a side. There's always like, as I say, there's us and then there's them. There's what we're doing and what they're doing. And while we disagree, you know, there's Libra and Label liberal and labor and obviously there's a bunch of other players but essentially all they do is divvy up their votes to one of those two sides to determine the winner and when you look at that i mean even when i look at other brands and shit and what they're doing my immediate thing goes to like well fuck them they're doing this and i'm doing this and here's why i'm better and then i have to put that spot fire out my mind and kind of sweep up and go like well no actually it's not really a competition at all they're not sitting there looking at what I'm doing, thinking like, oh, we're going to adjust our plan based off what Jake's doing at Black Ink. You know what I mean? There's just something there where you want to, you know, you want to actually go to war because there is a them. You want to be so kind of strong and sure of us. You want to be like a, well, I find this, like when there is a conflict, it's like, well, watch how well I can represent myself and what I stand for. You know, and within that, you kind of appreciate, well, if I'm the light in this situation, there has to be a dark. And I'm using that example because of yin and yang. You know what I mean? For me to exist, for me to have a side, that means there has to be another side. For me to feel like I'm doing something better, there has to be something doing something the same and worse. You know? So I, I totally understand why 
Um, people in general like these games, like rugby, soccer, tennis, football, where there's you know there's always like a us and a them. But I just seem to, I don't know. I feel like I almost have like some sort of organic um, draw towards things that are more of a solo endeavor against a whole bunch of other people. But still, I mean, even then, if you're in a race of a hundred people, there's one of us and ninety nine of them. You know what I mean? So it's still the same shit. And footy. Dude, what better environment to like biohack the human mind besides like from getting into a, a stadium full of tens of thousands of people and you're all yelling the same thing? That's so easy to get like wound up over. You know what I mean? Like I don't like football, but I'm sure if I ended up at a footy game, I would end up like screaming for someone, you know, cheering for someone because you're there and you're doing it and it's it's the mob mentality, you know? It's like when a bar fight starts, you just want to hit someone. You don't even know what the fight's over, you know? And I don't know that. I've never been in a bar fight or a fight in general. So kind of speaking out of term, which is all good, you know. By the way, started this podcast not knowing what I was going to talk about. Literally like the minute before I started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to say that I don't have any sponsors. And then I'm get. That was it. That was a whole fucking podcast. I've literally been... I'm as far as like a little black ink update is concerned I'm trying to so I spoke about this yesterday I'm trying to bring a lot of production in house and in doing that I have to kind of pressure test all the costs of everything now so that I don't do it and then get find out oh there's fucking a $300 shipping fee or this didn't have GST on it or I haven't haven't calculated this into it and therefore it fucking bubbles everything out and my my prices don't work but I am excited to say that bringing my stuff in-house is probably going to mean that I can get my production cost to a level that will allow me to get myself into um, clothing shops and that. So I'm kind of excited. Like I'm, it's, I'm, I would say right now my, my ultimate goal is to get myself um, to get Black Ink into stores probably by the end of the year, early next year. Um, to do that, if you un, undo that piece of thread all the way back to where it started, it essentially means that I have to get the cost of my garments down to literally like a quarter of what they are right now. So it's it's not impossible, but it's definitely fucking hard. But it's also one of those things that like, it's not like an aim for the moon and you're going to end up in the stars even if you get halfway. It's like a you either need to be able to get it to that price point to make it all efficient enough to, to do the whole project and to pay back your initial investment and rah, rah, rah. Otherwise, I kind of have to keep looking at outsourcing it. And ultimately, I mean, as you know, in business, every time something changes hands when you outsource, it's like you're paying a tax on that as well. So the cool thing is, is that I'm answering these problems that I never thought that I would have to answer. You know, I never thought Black Ink would be kind of to the point where it's at, where I can justify spending four hours on the phone to a supplier, asking all the questions, negotiating, doing all the bullshit. But it's like, that's actually what my job is now. So it's awesome to have this new kind of, I wouldn't call it... Um, a problem, I would call it a critical thinking activity, you know, something that I have to, you know, you have to kind of explore the possibilities of things that don't exist yet and look for pockets of information that you already don't know and fill in all the blanks so you understand this picture before you've even painted it, right? I feel like there's definitely a, a um, what would you call it? Uh, it's just, it's just, as I said, I never thought it would get to this point. So I feel like the allure of doing it now is sometimes we're like, oh, you know, everybody has lazy thoughts and everyone is kind of a, everyone is like a, a procrastinator at heart, I feel. That's not a, like people say that I'm highly motivated and then I'm like, fuck man, like 
I'm highly, I understand how it appears that I'm highly motivated, but I just feel like I'm someone who doesn't stop moving because I have that rule with myself. And then when I look at people who I think are highly motivated, they're like, no, nah, man, I just tell people what to do and they do it. And so on. you're like, okay, cool. Well, obviously there's something, there's something to that. You know what I mean? Like there is something to finding the motivation within yourself and having the discipline to execute is a skill that you can work on more than it is a characteristic or a trait that you're born with. So that's kind of fun. But I definitely find now when I do get lazy or do get procrastinate, I I procrastinate about things. It's like, dude, do you realize what your job is though? Like there there is so many times in the past that if I had told you in the future, you're going to be doing exactly this, you would have worked harder at the job you were doing then that you didn't want just so you could get to this day quicker. Like, dude, honestly, fuck you. Just go and do your work, you know? And that's probably the, the, the fucking motivation and the discipline that people talk about is that those conversations that I have with myself. And it's, I think even having conversations with yourself is like a super important part of like, it's something that's super handy when you're a businessman or, or in business because you have that ability to voice, to, to kind of soundboard things with yourself without needing that second person. And being able to, when you get to a point where you do say it to someone, you're like, hey, I kind of been thinking about this, rah, rah, rah. You've already had that conversation where you've pressure tested it. You've tried to figure out whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. And from, from that, you're not just kind of hitting, you're not hitting the ground with like stupid questions. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, hey, I've had this idea. It would work kind of like this, this, and this, you know? And then when I consider like, because like I, I had this conversation, as I said, I was on the phone with mum just before and she said, she said, what she said was every time I listen to a podcast of yours, it leaves me with something to think about. And I think the cool part about what she said there is like, it's that, that, that gives me heaps of confidence in what I'm talking about as well. Cause it's, I, uh, obviously one of the questions that I'm asking myself when I'm doing this is what value do I offer the listener? You know, like I remember one podcast that I before just before I started all this there's this podcast of these dudes up in Perth and it's kind of funny because I've like been hesitant to talk about it because I don't really want to trash anyone online but fucking it's not even like I'm trashing them this is just a point that I'm making right now is like I watched one of their clips that they put on their on their um, Instagram and dude they got a hell Instagram following they got a hell YouTube following I'm super proud of what you guys have done if you're listening I don't even know the name of your podcast so if you do end up listening to this fucking kudos bro but like I remember one of their one one of the topics that they posted on their Instagram. So it's like essentially like when you see my posts on Instagram from my podcast, I'm trying to find like a really attractive clip of me talking about something that has a hook to it or it has some some value or meaning that's gonna make you or gonna like entice you to watch a forty five minute video of me talking. So and normally like when I look at all of my online idols, you know, like the fighter and the kid, the Joe Rogan podcast, um, Theo Von, Ari Shafir, all of those types, when they put up super clips of their podcast, it's the funniest part. They're offering you the very best as the hook to get you in, and then they're offering the rest of you the content to listen to to keep you in. You understand? So it would assume that the things that I find on these guys' Instagram accounts would be the best part of the podcast. I remember they're sitting there and like they've got the they've got a really beautiful setup and the nice microphones and like they look like they belong on a podcast. And one of them, I'm just trying to remember the, I think it was like apples. And it's like, hey, how many apples does it take to make a cup of apple juice? Hey, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? How many cups of 
Apples to make apple juice? Shut the fuck up. Talk about current events. You're the dude who needs to talk about it because you don't have the conversation with yourself going on. You know what I mean? I'll do this shit every fucking day and have something to talk about because I've been thinking a hell of a lot longer in my mind than I've been talking on a camera. Honestly, like, I feel like that conversation that I have with myself, it's fucking good for business, dude. It's fucking good that you got something to talk about. I mean, as again, like I said before, I'm not trying to take shots, dude, but what the fuck do you talk about when the conversation ends? Do you talk about the weather? You talk about the footy, right? Right? That's what happens. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying you're the person who does that, right? Man, having that conversation with yourself isn't important for like talking on a podcast, obviously. It's important so you know who you are. It's important so you're having that backwards and forwards trying to figure out whether you're a fucking idiot or not. You know? Like, dude, this is the thing. I, I said yesterday, like, I'm not afraid of, and that, that's enough about those guys' podcast. Like, this isn't about them anymore. This is about the bigger picture. But like, I even said yesterday, like, I, there's things that I go through in my mind that I never want to happen, Right? There are realities that I experience in my mind, visually and emotionally, that I pray to God never happens. But I experience them in my mind because I don't want to be a bitch to them if they ever do. I don't want to be one of these people that something happened to them six years ago and they're still holding on to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be someone who identifies through something that I'm scared of because my mind before my physical body is scared of it. If you're scared of an idea, the fuck are you scared of, dude? You know what I mean? Like if... if, if oh, and this is the thing, like, I've just been through a situation where I got a message on Friday night that I didn't know what, what it meant until Monday morning, and I let it ruin my weekend. I let an idea ruin my weekend. You know what I mean? And the reason it ruined my weekend is because I went through every single possibility of what that could mean if it was a negative outcome to, like, the craziest degree, and not once did I assume what it could feel like if it was the best positive outcome. And it was fucking torture because I didn't get to figure out what it was until yesterday, which meant that yesterday was Tuesday. So that essentially meant that I went the whole weekend and the whole day during the week when I thought I should have been finding out, letting it ruin how I slept, letting it be the second thought and everything that I think to find out that it was nothing at all. It was a miscommunication. It was something that I built up in my own mind. Am I upset that I let it ruin my weekend? Absolutely. Am I upset that I thought about it at all? Absolutely not. Because if any of those situations had to happen with the worst possible outcome, bitch, I'm ready. You're not going to catch me off guard. I let it ruin a part of me. But the same thing that let me ruin a part of my weekend is the same thing that keeps me on top when it comes to these difficult situations because I've already had some sort of assumption about how it could happen because I'm having a conversation about it. I'm assuming that things are going to happen without giving it too much fucking, too much fiber. You know what I mean? And to me... If you're not thinking about things, as someone who does think about things, someone who's a critical thinker, someone who's aware of the fact that they're a human going through an experience, when I talk to those people that aren't thinking about things, I can tell. I can tell. I can actually be openly rude to these people and they don't even know it's happening. They have no idea. Because they haven't really had the time to actualize themselves into this life. They haven't had time to see what the reality of them communicating with someone is. All they are is someone who is receptive to the world around them. They're in no kind of pro, proactive form where they're creating a situation or they're creating a space. They're always just re, kind of responding to the, the bits of like information that come in through their five senses. And in that moment, you can be rude to them and the only thing they're concerned about is how they feel in that moment. They don't see a greater picture. You know what I mean? Then the next time you see them, like, hey, how you going? Hey, how you going? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, da, da, da. Bro, what are, you, what are you talking about? 
Like last time I saw you, I was, I was oh wait, you, you're not, you're not putting two or two. You didn't think about that after it happened, did you? Oh, you're not thinking about anything. All good, bro. And not trying to sound like a like an ass here, dude. I'm just putting together the things, and, and th- th- that's the thing. Like, I'm just putting together what I've put together over my 28 years of experience. Remember, we're only as good as the story that we tell ourselves. We're only as good as the story that we've experienced. We're not as good as something that hasn't happened to us yet. We're not as good as as the thing that we want to become. We are as good as what we are right now based off the experiences that we've had up until this moment. Nothing more. And I mean, sure, you've got all the experiences that you've had and you know what you sprinkle in on top? All the movies and TV shows that, that you watch that you hope your life kind of works out in one way or another. Almost speaking it into existence when you watch these shows because you're like, oh, I can imagine what this would be like if I was in that situation. I can imagine if I was Tommy Shelby. I kind of get it if I was Harry Potter. I get it if I was the bad guy, if I was the good guy. That's the only additional reality that we get sprinkled into our life that isn't just a collection of our experience. So I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone who does or doesn't think. What I'm saying is, is I am someone who started thinking I feel like critically a long time ago. I'm at a point now where I do look at people who are just like 35 years old, haven't had a single critical thought their whole life, or if they had it, scared the fuck out of them and they look the other way. And now they're just kind of floating through space and time waiting to die. You know? Just floating. Bouncing off the walls like that little fucking ball on the DVD screensaver. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. We've all fucking spent the best part of kick-ons watching that. But man... People are allowed to change. You know what I mean? Some people aren't thinking. And one day the, the show is going to be sponsored. That's all I can tell you. You know what I mean? Anyway. I've got to go sell, a, sell my caravan. But this has been fun. I've really enjoyed this. I've liked the way you just sat there and hadn't said anything back to me. It kind of let me get everything off my chest. So thank you for that. I do appreciate that. And... If you've watched every episode up until now, of course, thank you. If this is your first time listening to an episode, what a fucking episode to listen to. Kudos to you. What I want you to do right now is go and do something for somebody else. You know what I mean? Not because I did this for you, just because, fuck it, why not? Remember that third party point of view thing where you just go and do something for someone else and do it in a way where they didn't even know it was you. You know what I mean? Dude, fuck you. This isn't about you. This is about them. It's about doing something nice for someone else, right? So take that. Take that thing that I've just given you. Go do something nice for someone else. Don't make it about you. Have fun doing it. Don't even appreciate the fact that you did something for someone else. Just fucking do it and have it done. You know? That's your thing. That's your thing now. Go do that. How fun's that? Anyway, I'm going to sign out. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Be good to your mum. And uh, yeah, like, share, comment, subscribe. I'm out. Yeah!